0: Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine.
1: And I'm Danny Murphy. We're your partners, Wine, Crime, Time, and we're in your ear every week, sometimes with bonus episodes, too. So twice a week.
0: I know. Wow. You guys really can have it all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, please stop shouting at us, but no.
0: (laughs) I know, right? No, we're not Jared-free. We don't shout, okay? (laughs) I don't know.
1: I I need, like, his tea schedule, because I don't know how his throat coat so well but god bless
0: it's so funny because like you know jared will come in to the betcha's office and like spend two hours screaming at, <laughs> for you up and then he'll be like he'll come out and be like hey how are you doing <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's amazing it's so that, funny that how is control like, <laughs> that is voice control it's great i feel like it's great we love it we love jared and jordana oh,
1: love them yes
0: yeah <laughs> I don't know what the you up true crime crossover is, but
1: I feel like if you listen to this podcast, you probably are afraid of dating apps sometimes. So (laughs) you might need to listen to you. You you might have to mix in a match.
0: You know, who knows? That is fact. Well, we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about a Netflix documentary. You know what? I will say. It's not getting as much buzz as I thought it was going to. You can never predict these things.
1: The title's intense, but I think also because it came out the same time as the Girlfriend one, which is definitely getting all of the buzz. So Which one? The one that Chrissy Teigen did.
0: Oh, Manti Teo? Yes. Yes. Okay. Maybe we should do that next. Although I read the reviews and like, not everybody loves the scammers, but I don't know. I love a catfish story. I do love Maybe a catfish story. Maybe that's a bonus. I don't we'll know. We'll
1: see. Maybe we can bonus that up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah TBD.
0: Yeah. TBD, but yeah, you're right. I have to watch that
1: one. But this is, I feel like exactly this one is more, I feel our audience's vibe because it is full-on murder with so many twists.
0: Literally. We'll get into
1: the case because in case any of you guys haven't watched it or don't know, we'll tell you all about the case about it and shocking twist that I really was not expecting at all.
0: I know. Yeah, so it's called I Just Killed My Dad. I mean, first of all, 10 out of 10 name. Uh Oh.
1: And also 10 out of 10 name taken literally from the 911 phone call. It was not embellished at all or anything like that. It was just the full on how this story kicked off.
0: Yes. And I honestly really appreciate like the way that they kind of took us through. It wasn't quite as like back forth, back forth as the girl in the picture, but they Mm -hmm. definitely like make you start off pretty skeptical because you hear this 911 call where Anthony Temple calls 911 and just says, I uh, I just killed my dad. But then they're interviewing him and he's like, I'm innocent. And you're like, how? And they walk you through. It's great.
1: It is very intense. Yeah, because it was on, a, on June 3rd, he, the arrest happened. It was like when he was 17 years old mm-hmm. and the police were almost kind of confused how nonchalant he was about all this and yes. not really understanding the like uh, legal systems and ramifications of it and we uh soon find out why he might not fully grasp the like the cause and effect of
0: all of that yes also one thing that i thought was funny was that after anthony tells the 911 operator that he just killed his, he's he says i just killed my dad the 911 operator goes is he still alive i d- I'm like no, ma'am, ma'am that
1: was the phone, that was kind of the phone call so that out.
0: That was so funny. So after this 911 call, police come and arrest Anthony and he's pretty much emotionless and they are struck by that. They find a revolver on the kitchen counter kind of facing the entryway into the kitchen and they find another gun um, laying on the bed in the main bedroom. and the victim, Anthony's dad Bert, was in the bathroom, in a pool of blood, but he was actually still breathing when police arrived. So you know what? All right, 911 operator, I'll give it to you.
1: Got some medium shit going on there.
0: Yes, okay, valid question, I guess. So then he's, you know, like taken down to the station and he tells investigators that he had a sort of off and on relationship with his dad and he didn't really like him. And at first he like accuses his dad of calling him names, like a dickhead and an asshole. And the police are like, Yeah, that's not good parenting, but also I don't see how this justifies murder. But we'll get to it. And so Anthony says that on the night in question, he and his dad got in a physical fight and Anthony got a gun. And basically it was like this physical fight. Bert was chasing him around the house. Anthony locked himself in a room and Bert tried to force his way into the room. So Anthony opened the door and shot him.
1: Yeah, and, he, and Anthony was saying, too, that Bert was, like, very drunk during a lot of this, too. And we'll get into oh, more. Oh, this uh, man was, was always, always drunk. drunk. Oh, like. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the
0: M.O., oh, yeah. So police argued that he could have escaped other ways, like using a phone in the room or getting out one of the windows. Anthony, however, said that he didn't really see other sol- any other solution. I mean, so basically, initially, the police are skeptical. He claimed Bert tried to attack him, but he didn't have any bruising they noted that the house wasn't in any sort of disarray like you might see if they were running around like fighting and just like throwing shit knocking over stuff having
1: chaotic yeah
0: so i feel like because of all this and because he straight up admitted to it anthony was arrested and charged with manslaughter once bert died in the hospital but weird things start happening because when he's interrogated anthony says he doesn't know basic basic things like his birthday or his home address and they're like what's going on
1: yeah, and it would also be. I remember there was even moments that, like, they did, like, when he was being interrogated, they would, like, ask him questions. He'd be like, I know my alphabet and stuff like that. So, very kind of like things that you were sort of like, oh, what is going on here? Like, what is the level going on? And then we soon find out exactly what has been going on. So, a little bit more, because yeah. this is where, when you first hear about this case, you're kind of just like, oh, God, this kid just kind of had like a snap moment and what is happening. But. From people kind of questioning it, everything of that, we started to learn a little bit more. So just kind of about Bert in general and the type of man he was, and the situation at hand. Neighbors uh, told a reporter that he was off and like would often appear drunk. They said they didn't really like even see Anthony that much or like know like any really facts about him, but that Bert would always kind of like come around, be drunk. Even one time, a neighbor said that he knocked on their door, threatened the woman who opened the door. Uh, because he was drunk, but just kind of like for no reason, just knocked on the door and started <laughs> kind of yeah. shouting at her. And she was like, You're, dr- stop this. He also, Anthony, also had a stepbrother who uh, says that Anthony didn't like being around his dad and he would avoid it. Kind of, we get into the way that the entire household <laughs> attempted to avoid being around yeah. him. But that was very hard to do because the whole house had surveillance cameras except for the master bedroom. And his wife. Which is not normal. No, 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 no. I don't really get like surveillance cameras in like the living room or anything like that. Really doesn't make they sense. They also
0: had them like outside the house too. Yeah. Which I mean, okay, that part I almost get more because. Because, well, that's like. If you're actually looking, you know, if you're yeah. kind of trying to surveil like a potential intruder or something, that's where you would want the camera, but still.
1: And it was also interesting too because I know the pol- one of the police officers they interviewed said that like this is. I don't know how many times they just always say this. They're like, this is a neighborhood you never get called to. So Mm -hmm. really weird for that to be where you have like 55 cameras set up. But anyway. But yeah, so um, Anthony's stepbrother was uh, Peyton and his stepmom was Susan. And his wife, so uh, Susan said that it was because Bert wanted to protect them at first that they had all these cameras everywhere. We soon find out that that is really not the case. Nope. And Bert would also answer for Anthony, kind of just like be the person who,
0: like in conversations, like not like oh he'd pick up his phone, like in conversation, you'd ask Anthony a question and his dad would answer.
1: Mm-hmm. Kind of just case in point, always. Uh, he also, weirdly enough, had a GPS tracker on Anthony's phone and would, and like even though like Anthony never really went anywhere besides when Bert made him get a job. Bert would call the boss to be like, I see he's not really moving or anything like that in the last like 20 minutes or so. Like, what's going on? And it's kind of like, that's work. <laughs> you just yeah. sit still. And also it's like, let him like, he's not doing anything ba- Like, let him
0: just have his life. Right. He's just standing there like stocking things. He doesn't need to necessarily always be like walking around.
1: Exactly. And it was during this time that it was one of the, uh, I think it was because it was one of the neighbors who helped Anthony get this job. And when they were interviewing him, they were just trying to like have a classic interview, like just kind of like ask him questions and stuff like that. And they started to realize, right, like,
0: like a conversation, have a form, form a
1: bond. But like they really couldn't like uh, connect on any level. Like I know the interviewer was like up top and like had his hands up. And Anthony was like, What do you mean? I was like, To give a high five. Did not know who and he Tom Cruise was. was. He didn't know what that was. He like didn't know like so many just kind of like standard things you learn via socialization he missed on all of that also was found out that he um lied about what school he went to because he did not go to school Mm -hmm. so his entire resume was just a farce because he was just kept at home he on i mean on top of all that too he did not know who his mom was and kind of just a whole set up like that we find out too that he learned his abcs when he was 10 jeez and at 16, he would have been at a fourth grade learning level. And this was also like just part of the course, not any developmental issues. just, he was not given education. There was just, he, he was just no, kept yeah. at home. I mean, yeah.
0: he was homeschooled, but like not. He was
1: homeschooled by an abusive alcoholic.
0: So yeah, but only, actually like not learning shit.
1: Yeah. There's only so much you could really comprehend through that. He didn't know who his mom was. Cause like we said, Susan was the stepmom. We did know, and we do find out, Bert had multiple assault charges. And it is weird because Bert did remarry a woman with a child, so that's why Anthony had uh, Peyton and everything like this at the home.
0: I feel like her name was Susan.
1: Oh, Susan. Oh, the son is Peyton.
0: Peyton is the son, yeah. Yeah. And then I think her name is Susan. Susan, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And even, like, she was like, oh, Anthony should be at school. Like, I don't know why he's not, but then I guess she didn't uh, push it. That hard. Well, now we know. Now yeah, we know, we know, we know why say. she didn't
0: push that hard because she was probably afraid. Afraid of her life. Yeah.
1: But yeah. And um, even like uh, they started like it was kind of a thing. Even the stepmom and stepbrother noticed that Bert was like perpetually like half second away from snapping and getting very <laughs> violent. The stepmother also attested to being shoved, shoved, pushed, just a lot of abuse happening at the household.
0: And the the stepbrother also was like physically mercy of that.
1: Yeah. And he was surveilling everyone in the home so much that he would get an alert on his phone when the wife's car turned off. So like the second he would see her pull which is also weird. He would watch her pull in. Yeah. And the second the key would be out of the ignition he would go outside to like walk her into the
0: house. Scary. Scary as fuck. Yeah. In March
1: of 2019 because all of this was like sort of building up. Peyton, he was the Susan's kid from a previous marriage so like he would go to his biological father's house and be like this is what's fucking happening at home and so Peyton's dad uh sent police to the house and when the police ask everybody there anthony denies that any abuse was happening but like they were like they were like that could have been his out in the documentary and the investigators i'm like he was so scared
0: i know it's like obviously your dad has like so much surveillance on you i mean Obviously, you're scared. Yeah.
1: And it's sort of, and it's like kind of a thing too, where it's like they'd be like, okay, so he says this and they're like, okay, we'll monitor. And then it's like, okay, but then he's left at home. Like, you know what I mean? It's a very hard mm-hmm. thing to do. Eventually, Susan did leave after being physically attacked by Bert. Uh, and she took Peyton, but not Anthony, which I kind of.
0: I don't know. I'm not going to hate on the woman because, no. you know, like she was just trying to survive.
1: I would say, and it is. Oh, weird. Because then she posted on nextdoor.com. If you guys don't, it's like the neighborhood, like a neighborhood app where people post things.
0: Oh my God. Who doesn't know nextdoor? I don't, some people It's got just, all the tea. It has
1: all the drama. That's where I go every, every, it's my favorite place to go. But she posted on there about kind of what the situation they've been living in with Burr, and then kind of like everybody in the neighborhood now knew what type of person he was.
0: Yes. And she posted about the fact that she got a restraining order against him.
1: Mm-hmm, and it took her like, for domestic violence, her so. uncle and cousin had to, like, throw the restraining order on his truck because he kept on, like, refusing it and everything like
0: that. Kind of crazy. I guess you have to get served in person. I guess so, And they were just like... Oh, you do have
1: to, yeah. I mean, Olivia Wilde can attest that is the way that world works. Yeah. So they, with all of that, too, was. I feel like then I was also kind of, like, in a moment, too, I was like, oh, my God, like, this is just making Anthony's home life so much more intensive. Like, this is the stress now going under it.
0: Well, yeah, it's not their fault, but it did make Bert even more just volatile.
1: I did have moments where I was like, so they all know this is going on. And then Anthony's just chilling in there. It did make me feel upset. But I know. I know it's yeah. no one's. No, everyone's no just, I know
0: what you mean. It's yeah. just like she had to do what she had to do for sure. But it's just like, all right, hopefully it's, you know, like hopefully she was making steps to help Anthony, too. But stepmother steps. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah.
1: On top of that, too, Bert lost his job because of job performance issues. But also, I feel like probably... Because
0: he fucking sucks,
1: Sucked and was like coming drunk and being talked about <laughs> yeah. as an abuser. Everything like that. And he ended up being in $80,000 of credit card debt.
0: That is so much. So much credit card debt. Okay, so there is a twist because... And if you watch the girl in the picture, I feel like this will feel very familiar. Also, it's the same director, I believe. So when a coworker uh, got involved, she ended up discovering that Anthony was a missing child. I don't remember how she discovered that. Do you? I think, did she just Google him? I think she was sort of, she was starting to get interested. And I think when the media
1: began reporting the crime, somebody, and that was when Anthony's long lost half-sister Natasha got involved because she saw the photo of him and was like, wait, that looks like someone from our family and like that is someone who was abducted 11 years ago.
0: Okay, right. So yes, it turned out that Anthony was kidnapped by his father when he was five. And the weird thing is that he wasn't listed in like any national databases for missing children. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what to make of that. Bert told Anthony that his mom was an addict who didn't care about him so that he wouldn't go looking for her. But he literally like, took him from the family home in 2008. That it
1: was because it was like the grandma was watching the uh, watching Anthony. And then like the cops were just like, uh, he has to come with us.
0: Well, it was confusing because because like I'll get into it because there was like a whole like he took him. They got it back took him back again. So Anthony's mom alleged that uh, Bert demanded like constant attention. And this guy's fucking like out of his mind because one time he was apparently like making them a drink and she wasn't. It seemed like actively staring at him, like she wasn't doing that. Yeah, and he got so mad that he karate chopped a bar stool in half.
1: <laughs> that's like
0: very intense. And also, and before you say how is that possible, the guy was into a lot of cocaine.
1: Oh, a lot! Like, and was doing it at home. Yes.
0: So that's how you can karate chop a bar stool in half. And then she also alleged that one time Bert uh, beat her so badly that she was in bed for days. And he did actually do six months in prison in Houston as a result of the domestic assaults. And then things got really suspicious because Bert started wanting Anthony's mom, Teresa, to take out life insurance.
1: She had, unfortunately, good foresight with not, yeah.
0: She did. And she started leaving, like, notes around the house saying, if I die, Bert did it. Like, if something happens to me, he did it because that's Because she
1: said to him point blank, or she said that she said... I'm not taking that out because I know you will kill me for the money.
0: Yeah. Like, that's absolutely insane. Or just, I don't even know what to do. So then one day, a friend came to the door, rang the bell, and was like, you need to get the fuck out now. Oh, because yes. Bert hired me to kill you. Like, what the fuck? So that. Okay. Well,
1: here's also what's interesting. Because remember when she wanted to, in that moment, she wanted to run and grab Anthony. And he was like, you don't have time for that. I wonder yeah. if that was the first time Bert tried to kidnap Anthony. I, I wondered. That. Oh,
0: maybe. Yeah. Maybe because yeah, so she tried. She had to like flee. She couldn't get Anthony. Like Bert wouldn't let him uh, let her take him. So then at one point she actually managed to get Anthony back and get custody in Texas, and it, everything seemed to be fine. But Bert like kept tabs on them and was watching them.
1: And that's because it was before. Do you remember the moment when she first made the getaway? When it was like Aunt, uh, Bert's like parents were there, and took mm-hmm. her away it was just so many moments of insane of, of the of like the him like abusing her in front of his parents and then just being like stop and then he was like everybody has to get out of the house
0: yeah so then one day like a police officer came knocking on teresa's mom's door like anthony's grandma's door and saying that they needed to take anthony back and literally just took him and I was like, how is this allowed? Like, I wrote it in I, all right, caps. I didn't even, under. I did not understand that,
1: where it's like, but I guess it's also the hard thing where she was like, you're not going to be like, oh, can I see, like, what legal th- moment this well, is it? it was legal. That's oh, it the was, thing. yeah, that's the thing, yeah.
0: That's the thing, like, it, he didn't just hire some guy to dress up as a cop and, like, take it kid. Bert had filed a lawsuit in Louisiana for custody and basically made it out to be that, like, Anthony's mom was unstable, and like unfit to care for a child. So the court sided with him. They did not know about the court ruling in Texas about the domestic violence, like they did not know. And so basically he was able to get a temporary order to take custody of Anthony, even though what he told the courts to get that order was completely made up. Yes. So he took Anthony, they moved to Louisiana and basically kidnapped him for like 12 years. 12
1: Yeah, yeah, over 11 years cuz I know the sister reported it when it was at 11 Okay. And yeah so then but I mean all things in 12 yeah it really just got to such an insane twist part and then when this twist came out it's really what started to have people look at the situation a little bit differently because this was also a case that really was being talked about a lot in the media
0: yeah Because now it's like, okay, now I understand why he's like, I'm innocent, you know, I shouldn't be in jail. I was like, all right, I'm with you, man. Like, I get you.
1: And it was kind of, so then it was also with all that, like Anthony then was like proven to be stolen away, isolated, not put in society. And this is when Anthony's lawyer, Jarrett Ambu, who really was, I I mean, if I ever need a lawyer, I think I will be using Jarrett because he really fought hard. (laughs) I know he did the case pro bono, right? I know, yeah, because he grew up kind of in like a similar situation he talked about. And I was like, oh, that's really, yeah. yeah. Like, this is when he kind of was being like, my client was isolated and regularly abused by his father. There was definitely physical, mental and emotional abuse, like all and of he that was going on. And he was for kidnapped for over 10 years. Point blank. Kidnapped, that alone I
0: think is enough for me. Like, I think so too, yeah.
1: So that's when it kind of, they were sort of like, okay, obviously this going into trial and everything like that could get pretty intense because there's so many moving parts with it and like with proving things and everything like that
0: yeah Yeah. i think the da also didn't i don't know she didn't really seem to want to put him away for so long but she was kind of like this is what the law says i mean i don't know not to like necessarily be on her side or anything
1: oh but she's just kind of saying like this is what i'm just saying what she said Yeah. yeah so what Ended up happening. So like we said, Anthony was initially charged with second degree murder, but that charge was later reduced to manslaughter after the prosecutor confirmed that he had been acting in self-defense after the years of abuse. Because that is what all of this was able to prove that it was more so manslaughter
0: than not. Yes, because I think so. Second degree murder is murder with the intent intent to kill someone. Yeah manslaughter is basically like key to the moment you didn't mean for it to happen.
1: Yes, without malice, a forethought in circumstances, yes. not amounting to murder.
0: Exactly. So as like Anthony's lawyers kind of working with the DA, they are uncovering all this evidence of mm-hmm. abuse that um, supports Anthony's account that he you know, feared for his life, that no, he couldn't just jump out a window or whatever the police wanted him to do that this was kind of his option.
1: So in 2021, he pleaded no contest to negligent homicide and will serve five years of supervised probation. But he also is going to receive credit for time served because he was uh, put away for a few months while all of this before he was deemed eligible for parole to live with his stepmother and everything like that. And as a condition to all this, he must earn his GED agree to counseling, and hold either a full-time job or be enrolled in school full-time. And if he meets all these requirements, then he'll be eligible to have his record expunged. I also know that his lawyer, just some more stuff from that, when he saw the court ruling, said, when I saw this injustice, I said, absolutely no way. So this could be in jail. And that is the outcome we have. It may not be the thing we've hoped for, but this is an imperfect system. We try to find the best possible justice, and I think we got that today. And I also know we saw a little bit of it in the documentary, and just because from research I was looking at too, uh, Anthony has been trying to rebuild the relationship he lost with his mom and grandma Aww. in Texas because they did not know where they couldn't find him for right. over a decade. And they also, it was almost a thing. Teresa even said, "This is harder than losing him. I want to be his friend because I know Aww. it'll never be mother son relationship. That was the past, which is very." sad to hear but i it's I mean they're just trying to make the best circumstance and mm-hmm. the one thing that Anthony hopes to come for his own life is to break the cycle of abuse within his family and avoid becoming anything like his late father and thankfully yeah. he is surrounded by a lot of people who do love and support him oh, so good. hopefully that is what happens
0: so I want to ask you like what did you think i mean overall like i thought the documentary it's three episodes they're not very long i think it's paced well and i think it's like sort of done in a way that like takes you through the sort of ups and downs but minimizes confusion but like what did you think about the ending that was like yay the system works <laughs> it felt a little
1: like rachel Platten fight songy where <laughs> it's kind of where then like The DA was like, you know what? We did what we could for this boy. Boom, boom. And it's kind of like, but there were so many moments of this case that kind of were like, okay, well, how was he missing for so long? That issue in the system? Yes. How was Susan able to like have this restraining order and everything like that and nobody checking on him? Mm -hmm. Because that's like, even after the next door thing, why weren't even neighbors or anything like that? and said like they said that they would always give him like angry looks and everything like that while walking around but why weren't any of them kind of like okay well what is going on with this kid in there too
0: Yeah I'm with you like I mean this was a good outcome I think but you know to get to that point where you're like yay this worked but it's just like you know to even get to this point there were so many systems that did fail him and I thought the domestic violence expert was like a great person to have in that documentary
1: yes I thought that was good what well, it made sense to do that they were needed for framing all of it and also from the same side the lawyer also was like oh we need someone who is an expert for the case too so having someone for the case and then also for the documentary to kind of frame what all this is going on because it is more so it kind of at first I thought it was a murder documentary but it is a documentary about abuse
0: right Yes, I totally agree. And it also just kind of made me think of like the Menendez brothers because that had a wildly different outcome, obviously.
1: Yeah, I know. I do feel like they did a good job of kind of giving more of a full picture of what goes on in situations like this and giving grace to a lot of the victims. And it really did because at first I just kind of was like, oh, what is the first episode i was sort of like okay this burka just seems like a very weird recluse and i was like and i'm sure that's what so many people in the neighborhood even thought too and for I sure like, oh, i mean
0: right it's yeah. like that that guy what ariel castro right like you don't yeah. think that your neighbor has women chained up in his basement i mean you know we think that because we listen to too much true crime stuff but <laughs>
1: that's what we, we our brain only goes there only goes right. there. But did you uh, kind of like, yeah, so, I mean, besides like just like the message of the doc, did you think the documentary was well done? I kind of did, I did.
0: Yeah, I thought it was well done. I mean, the ending was a little like, yeah, like, you know, yeah. I just, I decided I did a tiny bit, but I th- I thought overall it was like a good watch. And I think like, I don't know, I'm just like, why? I mean, I know why, but it's like, it's, I feel like something should be done about, like parents shouldn't be able to kidnap their own kids
1: I know. Like, why
0: is this like, like, why does this keep happening? You know?
1: Or also because it's not like, because it's a thing too, because it's not like girl in the picture where they change her name. Like he was operating under his real name everywhere. So why couldn't they like track him down to be like, okay, well, you need to give contact to your, the mother of this child also. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. know if it was just like fear of trying to reach out to him because he's, an abuser or just kind of that was not something that any legal system was like, nah, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's so many examples of like the law, not really catching up with just like society and everything.
1: I know it is. It is kind of one of those things too, where I feel like, cause it, I was like shocked. I was like, Oh my God, there's only three parts. It could have just been an hour episode. Like, you know what I mean? Like there I'm, were kind of like yeah, what I'm you were saying too. Like, that.
0: Or like it could have been one, two hour doc. Wait right. How yeah, long was each episode? Like forty. The first one was
1: thirty-five minutes. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's short. Yeah, yeah. It didn't yeah. need to be a series.
1: Yeah, because I kind of feel like it is a very intense, crazy story. But a lot, like you were saying, the last third, like the last <laughs> parts of it, were just really like, and we all did what we d- we could to make it great. And it's kind of like, did you?
0: <laughs> Actually, that's so funny because like Abducted in Plain Sight is only one movie that right? could have been. I think ten episodes. I would have wanted one episode on like that alleged alien, the, the, like the alien objection that they believe or whatever. Uh, um, and I yeah. wanted another episode on why the dad was giving the kidnapper hand jobs. And, and like instead, we just got I don't know maybe an hour forty five of like all this craziness. <laughs> That's
1: true. There were so many roads that could be taken on that one. Yeah. Really left with, yeah. Yeah. That is. Yeah. That is honestly one that I really. It's, it doesn't feel open and shut. It feels like there's a lot more to unpack there.
0: Agree. Agree. Also, the amount of times in documentaries that, like, these poor children have been kidnapped, reunited with their families, and then kidnapped again.
1: That, yeah, that is really true. It's kind of been, like, a new trend going on lately.
0: Yeah. Not a just trend these going on, I guess, more out.
1: so just these stories coming to light. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's, like, absolutely wild. Yeah. It, it is very intense. I know. Yeah. So, but
1: let us know if you guys uh, enjoyed this documentary. Also, if you haven't seen it and maybe either this episode inspired you to watch it or you're like, I, th- I got it. I got it. But I think the next one I am going to watch is Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist.
0: Ooh, oh, Untold is that. like
1: a new Netflix branch.
0: Oh, what other uh, stories have they done?
1: Crime and Penalties? The okay. Bad Boys of Hockey? <laughs> I don't
0: bad boys of hockey.
1: I don't know if that is the same untold, but that is the first thing that comes up when... That is funny. Oh! Well, they were as violent as they were good. They were the bad boys of hockey, a team brought by a man with mobbed ties, run by his 17-year-old son with a rep for being as violent as they were good. This might be a case.
0: Okay. We, we are now a sports crime podcast.
1: <laughs> this... Oops.
0: Just okay. God, imagine the Danbury
1: Trashers.
0: That's interesting. Oh, also, wasn't there like some arrest or conviction in the guys who killed Whitey Bulger? Like speaking or bul- Bulger? Bulger? Oh, I think. really? Speaking of uh of mob ties, yeah, I think that re- that happened like yesterday.
1: Oh, okay. I will see. This is why we need to do more bonus episodes because it just yes. comes up
0: so much stuff. The mob is scary.
1: The mob is mobbing. Oh yeah, I'm
0: not. That's, the mob yeah, is yeah, I'm just mobbing. gonna. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like one taste, and those could be good ones we do in the future.
0: Yes. Well, thank you all for listening to this slightly chaotic app. Very, very chaotic. Very good. But yes, we had, a, we had a good time
1: unpacking all this. It was crazy. Always let us know more episode ideas you want us to do at Not Another True Crime on the Instagram, or on the Facebook group, of course. Not Another True Crime group. You can follow me on Instagram at Cashmer with a K.
0: You can follow me at Sarah Lamine. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATCPod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com.
1: Betches.